Hello and welcome to another episode of Make Something Awful. Um, Make Something Awful is a podcast about creative people, their stories, their journeys, and how they made their first thing onto making their 50th thing, their 100th thing, their 1,000th thing, and their motivations, what keeps them going, and, you know, what keeps them making something awful. Joining me um, is a gentleman by the name of Patrick Hillier. He is, he's a member of Punchboard Media. He is a man who gets pieces of paper and turns them into buildings of all things, because in his professional life, he works as an architect. He's got his own blog, which is called Over the Hillier, which I laugh every single time I read it. Um, So, hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. It's good to um, it's good to have you on. It's been it's been what they would call an X factor, um, a kind of like I guess a journey, as you would say. Yes, just kind of um, <laughs> organizing things, kind of uh, back and forward. But I'm really delighted to kind of to have you on. Um, we're gonna ch- we're gonna touch on a kind of a couple of different kind of subjects. I'm kind of I guess sure. the the first thing I'm interested in is, is as as a family kind of growing up, what kind of child were you? Were you kind of a creative kind of child anyway? Were you the kid that oh gosh, if yeah. you gave crayons and like, you know, a pad of paper, that would be you for the entire summer kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would draw houses and like interior perspectives and things like try to draw what I was seeing in a house or something like that, or a made up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, three-dimensional images, not just flat images, and and, and really enjoy just drawing art. Uh, the other thing too was uh, my one of my favorite stories is of uh, some some neighbors had Legos. Oh, yeah. I don't know how what age this was, and um, I I went over there. Like my mom took me over there and was was you know. Uh, Playing or talking to the to the to the to the mother, and they gave me some Legos, and I like went behind the couch and was playing with the Legos, and I fell asleep playing with these Legos, and wow. they were looking for me because I <laughs> fell in love with these Legos, and they couldn't find me. And my mom at that point decided she needed to get me Legos, and that was kind of the that was the beginning of the end. So uh, you you were a little me. lost little lost sheep at that time, then you disappeared, I, I, and then I, they couldn't yeah. find you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, once I started getting into them, you know, I would get story. I would hear stories from then at, at uh-huh. the youngest of age that people telling me, oh, you, you need to become an architect just, just by seeing the things that I would create on paper or, or in, in Legos or whatever I would build. You know, just my, my imagination was crazy. In the family unit, were you encouraged to be creative? Was there... You know, between your parents, was there one that was always more creative than the other, or were they kind of, you know, were they the kind of people that they knew what to do on a rainy day? You know, they had ideas, or were they the type of people that kind of one of them would ah, got to switch on the telly because I've no no idea what I'm gonna gonna how how to amuse this small. You know, I wonder. I wonder if our I wonder if our creativity was born out of frugality. You know, we weren't the the Mm. most well to do family and didn't have Mm. a lot of stuff, and you just had to you had kind of made make up your own games out of whatever. You know, yeah. Uh, 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 We would go and we'd go down to the beach, and and sticks became swords and guns and lightsabers because i grew up with star wars yeah yeah um you know and so 
we didn't have to have the 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 toys that were branded. You know, we could have whatever we had became what we wanted to. And gosh, we'd become superheroes, or we would become whatever we wanted to be. Was there like um, a box of stuff in your house, which was just the box that had like everything from cotton reels to pieces of paper <laughs> to kind of bits of wood to kind of, you know, yeah, old sweet, yeah. you know, anything like that. And you would just take that out and you would just make whatever there was kind of thing. Sure. Sure. And I'd have to say my mom was the craftiest, yeah. craftier one. Yeah. You know, and even my dad, you know, my dad worked at a, at a, uh, paint store. I don't mm. know, you know if you have it over there, but he sold paint, but they also had like uh, home uh, like drapes and carpet and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would he would get cast-offs from the store, stuff that didn't sell. And he would just come up with these crazy ideas like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna put carpeting on Patrick's wall <laughs> as a way to finish it. <laughs> so my room looked so weird, but it added insulating value because I lived up in the cold north. Yeah. And I had these striped red and white striped walls that were carpet. <laughs> and yeah. it was, you know, that's like, you got to, you know, you just, you come up with what you have and you come up with a clever way to do it. And, you know, you made it work uh, with what you had. But uh, I think that... That it just that it, way of thinking, I think, was encouraged. You know, just think outside the box, right? Yeah, or think what, see what's in the box, and see what you can make with the box. Exactly. Was, I think. I think my gran, my Given grandmother, this, she was the same. I mean, this pile of she would stuff have and um, figure out what you can do with it. This is just like I mean, and this is going to make me feel old. But when I was growing up, my gran had something called a scullery. Mm-hmm. And a scullery was just a room where you just kept stuff. It had shelves on it and some, it wasn't like a larder, but it was just a place where you kind of kept stuff. And if you were looking for anything like scissors or glue or newspaper or a jumper or the box of photographs, it would always be Ben the scullery. Um, <laughs> and Ben the anywhere means, you know, through or in that place kind of thing. It's like she spoke with a, a wonderful, warm kind of Scottish um, timbre to her voice. So she used to say, you know, it'd be Ben. It's go through. It's Ben the scullery there or it's Ben the kitchen or whatever. <laughs> and I, part of me now, you know, obviously if you'd said that to kids nowadays, they'd be wondering who the hell was Ben. But um, <laughs> it was kind of, you know, and it, again, it came out, as you said, it's kind of kind of frugality where money things counted and things would be used again kind of thing mm-hmm. i kind of i kind of mm-hmm. see the adverts that they're talking about um kind of um and you might get a laugh out of this they're talking about um supermarkets are considering allowing people to have refillable milk bottles and i'm just, and i'm just kind of like <laughs> um I grew up with that. I grew up with that. <laughs> you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't kind of like a new, a new venture or something like that. And they're like saying, uh-huh. yeah, this new thing where you can bring along your container and you can get it refilled up with the latest thing of milk. And I'm just like, <laughs> or the milkman, as it's known, you yeah. know, or the yeah. entire industry that you kind of turfed out on its ear when you kind of brought stuff in. But um, going into school, then. I mean, did you, was your kind of your, because it's a mixture of obviously creativity and it must have been a bit of an analytical approach because you can't build and draw kind of interiors of houses at a a young age if you've got, you haven't got a grip on kind of like perspective and, and things like that. So would you say 
you kind of were a little bit of an analytical child when you were kind of growing up, you know, going through grade school and stuff like that. Yeah, I had a, I had a very math mathy uh, mind too. Yeah, I probably could have been a structural engineer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Was my other kind of direction, but I mean, gosh, you know, I, I don't even know if they have it nowadays. But we had the, we had the strongest arts program in schools. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they would they they they, they would bring in this little cart. And my friend Bridget's dad would come in and he would, he was a goofy guy and he would, he would bring in and we would do ceramics and we would do painting and we would just do every single, every single kind of art, you know? And, and I was actually really excited when my son, who's 21 now, he he went to college and, and they, even though he's doing digital design, they made him do hand drawing and they made him do photography and they made him do all this old-fashioned art just to kind of remind you, you know, uh, the, the basics and, and well, all the stuff that us old people did. Um, because the computers are recreating uh, original techniques, um, you know, in a digital format. So knowing how they were done originally, I think, is a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, so I have all that. I had all that kind of basic uh understanding you know as i moved forward um, was it um was it straight did you know from an early age that you wanted to be kind of an architect then i mean do no. you would no, you, i didn't it, really know what it meant i lived in the middle of nowhere uh yeah I, I, I didn't get exposed to it until um when i first started high school they had a drafting program where we really sat down and uh-huh. kind of did what i would say was architecture and then, and then they had a summer camp of all things wow. at the University of Notre Dame for architecture student wannabes. And my mother, you know, and dad figured out a way to get me there. I had to take a bus, I don't know, like 14 hours Whoa. down to there and spent a week there. And then that's when it really got solidified. I like, this is fun. You know, this was like, this was, that was pretty cool. And, and then, then that's, that's locked it in for me that I was, you know, I, I want to do this. Do, I mean, when I was at high school, you did like, you had like technical classes and from there they kind of meshed mashed all the kind of the technical skills. So you would spend like a term doing technical drawing, you would spend yeah. a term doing metal work, you would spend a term doing woodwork and in that time you would have, you know, by the end of it you would have an an entire set of blunt pencils, a wooden pencil case to put them in, and some kind of bendy plastic thing that you were meant to give her, your mother so she could put, um, you know, sp- um, spoons that were covered in spaghetti sauce and stuff like that on the side <laughs> so they wouldn't kind of get the counter. And that was the sum, you know, that was the sum of it. And you got access to the big sander, the big belt sander, which um, when the teacher wasn't in, all you used to do was to take any pencils that you had and ground them <laughs> to an actual <laughs> to an actual kind of an actual kind of nothingness. That's funny. See, I, I'm, I'm not the slightest bit handy. That's my problem. I, I always love when I go into uh, like a. I love to go talk to kids about architecture, mm-hmm. and I'll say, "Hey, what do you think architects do?" And they say, "Oh, you build buildings." And I'm like, "No, I don't. I can't build anything. I can't hammer a nail straight." I said, "I just tell people how to build buildings." <laughs> Do you st- um, but do you still have like an artistic kind of influence on the architecture? I mean, how how creative? Because did you did you then go off to college and actually study architecture as at college yes. kind of thing? So is that is that what you kind yeah. of did? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. 
uh, as well as the kind of the practical side. And I guess you have to learn. It's hardly kind of, practical. Is it industry it was, standards? Was much, a lot of theory and stuff like that. It was more design than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of there's kind of different schools you can go to. You can go to very you can go to very technical schools mm-hmm. that are going to teach you the the technical side of it, and mm-hmm. and, and uh, there's ones that are going to be very design focused and teach you you know the high design like you know the and yeah that's what I learned about was like the history and the the, the designers and and space and negative space and all mm-hmm. this other stuff and. Um, and and how that impacted your design and then and then kind of just threw you out into the world uh and you learn how the the practice of it once you got out uh into the real world um is it is it quite a long term so you're generally do you generally is it almost the case that you you learn the base stuff at college and then you actually learn almost like the real stuff the on the job stuff Correct. when you get a job at an architectural firm itself then yeah yeah, 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 and that's expected. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things that's a little different, I did, I did go to a, a school that has internships, so I did a couple internships while I was in in school, and that was part of my mm-hmm. my requirement to graduate. So I did some real real world work while I was in college, which was great. So when I left, I had you know I had some real world experience, but the whole process takes about ten years. Uh-huh. Um, to getting your license, you know that was my goal, right? My yeah. goal was to get my architecture license, which is, which is a, a thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so you you know you go to school and then you intern under an architect for a certain number of years, uh-huh. and and then you take an exam, like like lawyers take the bar, yeah. or doctor, or a nurse, or a teacher, or anybody. They take a big test, and then they're licensed in in whatever jurisdiction they live in, and that whole process takes about ten years, and. Um, Actually, my anniversary for my my license just came up on the calendar. It was last weekend. It was the 24th anniversary of my my Michigan license. Wow. Uh, Can you practice in other states then, or is it? Yeah, right. So uh, there's a there's a file uh, where I where I send in all my history and all my data, mm-hmm. and and when I move around or need it in another state, I just send them my my information, and they send it to the other state. Uh, and and usually it's pretty pretty quick to get a license. So I'm licensed in Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio, and Indiana right at, at the moment. So you can move between those. You can move between those states. Kind of not not an issue at all. Then not at all. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is fascinating to me because, but I guess architectures. I know over here that I've I know that trainee architects can be training for the best part of seven years before anybody even lets them near mm-hmm. kind of like a Lego set to even consider conceptualizing everything it's like a long it's like one of these things that people think well lawyers yeah you go through training and then there'll be like a big exam and then doctors it'll be another kind of six seven years before you're actually allowed out there and i guess i guess you need to make sure that the people that are putting the buildings together kind of know their stuff otherwise (laughs) sure sure it's life safety yeah (laughs) Yeah, you know we're we're dealing with we're dealing with getting people out of buildings in case mm. there's a fire or it doesn't fall down and mm-hmm. um, you know but those are the big issues. I mean, there's you know design's one part of it, but making mm. the prettiest part of it. But uh, there's a lot whole lot of other issues. And and when you get out of college, you really don't know that much. I mean, you know, then you're still working under usually somebody else for the first five or even ten ten years, and that's kind of kind of where I'm at now, right? I I'm 
I'm 50, right? So I've been doing this for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've, I've got young guys that work under me who I like supervise and manage. And, and, you know, I still do some projects and still have creative outlets, but, you know, a lot of my time is just working with, with other guys and girls, uh, and, and helping them understand issues that they don't even understand, don't understand yet. Or, Hey, did, did you think about this or did you think about that? Just to make sure that, you know, they take advantage of the experience that I have. So, I mean, do you, did you get a lot of practical actually going in and designing buildings yourself then? Or was that kind of not yeah. your, you were actually on that kind of thing? Yeah. One of the, one of the great things is when I first got out of college, I went into a real small firm and it was like seven people, I want to say. Right. Okay. And boy, that's like trial by fire because <laughs> everybody's got to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, you don't just get stuck being the guy that's only doing door details is the way the joke we use. Yeah. Uh, because no one can just get stuck doing one thing. Everybody's got to help doing everything there. And you kind of got to get, you got to step up to the plate and do more than you're even capable of. And th that really, really, really helps elevate you and forces you to learn more and read more and research and get in there and figure things out um, when you're, when you're learning. When you're first learning that, I think that's one of the, one of the that's one of the things I recommend to young people is is to to find those things out. Do you find still, those kinds of jobs? Do you still remember kind of like the first couple of projects that you were involved <laughs> in? I bet you must look yeah. back on them and go, "My goodness, Patrick, that was easy. That was you know." Did you go like that? Why yeah. did you, Why did you draw that room without a door? I mean, what are you doing, <laughs> kind of thing? Uh -huh. But do you yeah. kind of look back on that kind of stuff and kind of go, "Wow, I." The stuff I was doing then, I could have probably knocked up in about a third of the time. You know? Right. Yeah, why was that so hard? <laughs> yeah. But there's still some that I'm pretty proud of, so, you know, it's okay. What, what kind of stuff, I mean, what kind of stuff do you do? I mean, is it is it kind of commercial? Well, yeah, build? it's all commercial. I, I, yeah. I've done one or two houses, and houses are a pain in the neck because owners of houses <laughs> are very difficult clients. <laughs> And and it's just a different world, right? There's there's yeah. architects who do houses, and there are yeah. architects who do commercial things. And and uh, I I actually kind of expertise is, is medical. Oh, okay. Uh, just because that's where I've I've ended up. Yeah. So I do a lot of of commercial, and then I do a lot of things that's either um, uh, higher ed, higher end education. So like labs and and medical related to. Mm -hmm. Like a like a university hospital, mm -hmm. or or medical. Like I do currently, my job is for the, the VA hospital for the federal government. So I do a lot of medical stuff for them. So planning of of VA facilities, um, but that's just been kind of my general trend uh, most recently. But I mean, I've done you name it. I've probably done that kind of project over the life of my thing because. We're kind of generalists, you know. If somebody wants something designed, well, we can figure it out. And, yeah, and, yeah, and do it over time. D um, did you um, did you find as you've gone on is the creativity that you're able to bring to a project? Does that is that stifle? You know, being part of the 
the kind of the medical side of things are things kind of a lot more kind of standardized and you have to have things here and things there or do you ever just say look why don't why can't we just make this look overhead like a big octopus and they're just like no that's not going to work do you have to do you find yourself kind of sticking to well this is the expected stuff and there's a lot more kind of copy paste jobs as opposed to you going right let's start fresh and just like let our minds wander and let's see what we can create kind of thing I, I suppose there's a little bit of that, but I, I still I still see the creative challenge in solving the problem. So you know you're still given you're still given uh, no projects the same. Mm. It doesn't matter what. there's there's some there's something different between every project than the next one. And how you see those differences and how you solve that problem is what I see as the creative challenge. Um, so back when I was in college, the professor would give us the most simple problems to solve and I would find them boring. So yeah. I would layer on top of them some artificial extra challenge that I would give myself. Yeah. Because I thought this is this problem's too easy or it's not realistic. Yeah. And I would layer on top of it like, oh, the site has a hill in it and you know, that makes it more difficult or uh-huh. it's got you know, it's cut in half by a lake or whatever. I'm just trying to remember one. But it's the same thing, you know. No, no two buildings can fit on the site the same way. You know, there's yeah. a there's a hill there, or the city doesn't like something, or uh, any number of reasons. Um, did you um, did you ever kind of create your own kind of ideal buildings and ideal place? Did you ever kind of do stuff kind of like for fun and say, right, okay? Let's set myself a challenge and let's kind of make this all make this all on a slope or make it kind of turn round or make it kind of completely a glass or, you know, make it, you know, float on a river kind of thing. Have you, have you ever kind of done that, that type of thing when you've kind of had a spare I think, second? I, I think some of the stuff that I did when my, with my first job out of college, me and me and the boss that I worked with both uh. kind of clicked as far as our design styles. And so we got to have some fun with that. You know, one of the, one of the buildings, I, it it I it I left before it got finished. Right, it, it looks like a James Bond layer. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a huge James Bond fan. Right, and so was he. Right. So the fact that this building that I helped conceptualize yeah. uh, looks like a James Bond layer when it's done. <laughs> is there a glass? Thrill, is there a glass bridge? No end. Is there a glass bridge? N- no, I know there isn't, but it, it's, it's it it kind of it's it's under it's an underground building, wow. and it has like a fireplace in it that looks like something right out of Goldfinger, uh, <laughs> you know, where the where the villains um, are being told the secret about uh, his. Um, attacking the Fort Knox, you know, and it's like, if you ever watch that movie, you know, and this giant map comes up out of the ground yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all the curtains come up, like, why does he spend all that money to tell all these guys his secret? And then he kills them two minutes later. Spoilers, everybody. Sorry if you haven't seen Goldfinger. Um, but you know, he spends, he spends all this money for this fabulous stuff. And, uh, Is it and not just going to like show it off? Got to look what I've got. Look at my table. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of the whole thing. I've got sharks with frigging lasers here. Get a thing, you know. Would you like to exactly. see the sharks with lasers, Scott? Um, kind of thing, you know. So, that, mean? so that model actually is at Fort Knox, which kills me. My <laughs> my buddy is in the military. The one yeah. who does. If you've listened to our show, the one who yeah. does the opening music for yeah, my show, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, was is in the mili- was in the military and was stationed at Fort Knox. We went to visit him. 
and we went to some something at Fort Knox, and I turned the corner, and that model was there. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing in the world. I can't believe <laughs> they, they donated that to some museum at Fort Knox. As, as time goes on, <sighs> yes. have you found your creativity? Has it been a little bit stifled as you've moved up? Because I'm guessing that, you know, uh, a man of your um, knowledge and talent is automatically going to end up in the office where the sign on the door says, you know, manager or managing yes. architect or senior practice manager or something like that. So does that mean that you're now the guy that looks at spreadsheets and goes, I'm going to have to tell this guy he's going to need a bigger boat or, yep. you know, rather than you sitting down and saying, right, we can put the boat here next to the sharks kind of thing. I, 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 yeah, there is a, there is a great deal of that. Mm. Um, or I, or I, you know, spend a lot of time managing and, and less time doing, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, which is realistic, I guess. I don't know if that's disappointing or not. Um, but on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I've also get to do bigger, bigger projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the exciting projects that I'm doing for the VA is I'm, I'm helping write a standard flying around looking at, at buildings and, and writing a national standard that's going to be used by everybody in the country. And it's like, I would never be able to do that if I weren't at the experience level where I'm at. Yeah. You know. That's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, it, it comes and goes, right? Is there is there buildings that you kind of look at that you kind of have a more of appreciation for? Because people talk about, you know, architecturally wonderful and beautiful buildings, you know, the, um, the Sigrid de Familia, you know, for instance, and you know, yeah, people yeah. talk about that. You know, and they, they, they you know, they talk about the stand, the pyramid structure of the Louvre. They talk about, mm-hmm. you know, all these. Is there certain buildings? Does it allow you to appreciate the structure and the work and the design that went into, like, the municipal car park down the road where the guy's like, he's obviously he's built it on a slope and he's managed to get sixteen levels. How did he manage to do that? I've no idea. But does that take you yes. to a level you look at stuff and go, oh, I wouldn't have done that, mate? Or you go, hats off to you, sir or madam, because that I, yes. was a damn fine job kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't look at any building. I mean, you can't walk through any space and not <laughs> think about it. But I, I appreciate everything, the high end and and even even a parking garage or uh, or you know you're out at dinner and and mm. I'm you know I'm staring up at the ceiling or 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 whatever you know. Is your partner going like focus on me, Patrick? <laughs> exactly. Stay yeah, away from the structures. What, why? 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 What, <laughs> you know? Should I dress myself up as a brick again? Is that what we have to do now? Kind hey, of she thing? has built like a brick house. They say I, so. <laughs> I did not say this. I am reminding you that this is on tape. Um, okay. But on on the other side of it is, are there buildings that you would like to just go and have a look at? Just to kind of, is there like a, have you got like a top five list or something, a list of ones that you'd want to just stand inside and just have kind of like a look around? Okay. I've been lucky. I've been lucky to travel a lot. Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the Sagrada Familia, which I got to see in college. Um, yeah. Uh, which is up there. So when you, when you talked about favorites, let's, let's talk about in general. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm one that likes buildings that kind of blend in with nature. So, uh, like like Gaudi's stuff, like his Parkwell, 
you know, the, 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 the park that he did where it just kind of like blends in with the grounds and everything. And it, you don't even kind of even tell it's there. Yeah. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright stuff, you know, he's, it's kind of trite to say everyone loves Frank Lloyd Wright. But the reason I like some of his things, like his Knob Hill is actually down the, down the road from Falling mm-hmm. Water, which is the more famous one. I actually like better. Um, and cause it really fits into that ground where, where Falling Water was kind of like a joke that he played on the people that, he was designing the building for um but anyway so i like i like buildings that kind of blend in but that's that was also kind of my early style but anyway buildings i haven't seen that i want to see i would i would love to go to greece and see the uh the parthenon so um someday but uh i would love to see the pyramids of of uh, giza yeah um do you Where look at else? see when you look at these these um these works things yeah. like Stonehenge, sure, and the pyramids, one. yeah, mm-hmm. and the pyramids and the Parthenon and things like that. Are you looking at it and going? Do you look at it and go, "How the hell did you do that?" Or do you yes. look at it and go, "I've got a rough idea of how you did that, but I am still absolutely amazed," kind of thing. I'm amazed that they did it. I'm just, that's, that's the most amazing thing is like, you know, you know, we were even, even, um, not just buildings, but, uh, we were, we were talking about sailing ships the other day. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen the little ships that they like, they explored the world in, you know, back in the 1400s? Yeah. They were tiny, little, tiny, little crappy ships. And they went around the world in these things from England to, to, you know, a lot down around South America and down around Cape of Africa, they were horrible little ships. It's like those are brave, crazy people to get on those little ships. I just wonder. And, I just wonder if people were willing to take more time doing stuff. Yes, yes they were. You know. Yeah. yeah. I th- I think you know, that's you look at, potentially you look at the, what it is. Yeah, the cathedrals in Europe took you know generations to build. Yeah. You know. Um, and my architecture professor, the dean, I mean, he said, we're, we're, we have turned into a, he calls it a Kleenex uh, society. I don't know if that means anything to you. It's a, uh, it's disposable, basically, that, yeah. that our buildings have become disposable, that you build them, they tear them down in, in 20 years, and no one even cares about them anymore, you know. Yeah, well, we're not building them for heritage. You know, it's no heritage behind stuff. I mean, you oh, can no. see, no. I mean, buildings are generally, an awful lot of them are flat packed. I mean, I can pretty much yeah. go to like an, I mean, joking aside, I can go to probably an Ikea at any point in the world and pretty much be able to kind of know that, you know, this is this style of Ikea, therefore I'm going to take this route around the kind of the store because everything kind of seems to be kind of <laughs> the correct. same. You know, yes, and yeah. you you kind of saw that in houses built in the seventies over here. There was kind of like they had a certain style of council house that you see in pretty much a lot of the major towns in Scotland, because that was obviously the architect. You know, the, in that case, they were just like building houses at the time for social housing. So whether they were cheap, they were really big houses. The rooms were really, really huge and everything like that. But it was the kind of the standard sizes, kind of houses, kind of everywhere. Which was kind of well, fascinating to me. You know, even my neighborhood, you know, it was built in 1949, I think. Mm-hmm. And all of the houses are the same. Yeah. But that was in 1949. Well, they've had 
60 years to, 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 to personalize them. So I love to walk around my neighborhood and say, oh, look, they put in, they turned their second garage into a living room and they changed their front door and they, they've, they've upgraded their windows and, you know, and everybody has done something. They've ripped out their plants and put in something different. Everyone over the time has changed their houses enough that they don't all look exactly the same because they've, they've personalized them over time. Yeah, yeah. I think over here, what we did have is we had the, um, in the kind of the late 90s, the early 2000s, and for the following kind of 10 years, we had a mass kind of house building project. And I think what's happened is because house prices have kind of gone, gone sky high now, that you just changing house. I mean, there used to be cases of what like, they'd move every five, five or seven years. Until mm-hmm. they got to like maybe, you know, they, until they got to our age and they were kind of like, well, let's get into the last house that we're ever going to kind of live in. And even then, yeah. if we get bored, let's move again because we want something kind of different. And I think nowadays, because it's such a big financial upheaval, I think that we're starting, I'm starting to see people kind of stay in the same house, but rather than move because they don't like what they have is actually converting their garage into another room or extending out the back or extending out the side of the house and I see that again and I wonder if that's just you know what kind of people are people are kind of doing do you I mean do you do you only deal with really big contracts then or do you deal with kind of like is it all commercial that you deal with or do you have kind well, it's of all bigger- commercial but there's some there's some there's some stupid little tiny things I do too I mean you yeah. know we we have kind of a contract with our with our client that's do anything we want you to do mm-hmm. uh at our facility um and and it could be something small and stupid like uh, I went and looked at a loading dock project you know that that's not glamorous uh to to a big giant addition or uh, renovate, you know, the the floor of this hospital, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they all vary. They all vary. Um but it all it all pays the bills as they say. So you can't you can't argue with them too much. Were you ever tempted to start your own firm? Just kind of go out and no, do it completely no, by yourself. I, I, no? Well let's let me back up. I, I did I was a principal at a firm a few years ago uh, mm-hmm. and and am no longer there for one reason or the other and, and that experience sort of soured me on being a principal um it was when the economy was bad we had to lay off some people and that whole running a business just didn't 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 agree with me yeah the the, you know the economic side of being a businessman you know that's not i'm I'm a creative person i'm not yeah yeah. i'm not a bean counter um so i'll leave that to somebody else is that um is that kind of what pushed you in a direction of the content creation side of things within kind of board games. Then. What pushed me? Yeah, was that, I mean, was that part of the process, you know, kind of, I wanted to, you wanted to con- continue kind of crea- creating stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would say it, you know, I, I would, I would bet as I got more managerial mm-hmm. and less creative in work, I needed to have a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, with, my my family life, um, you know, I try not to spend all my time gaming out, out of the house gaming. Yeah, my my wife and I game together. Yeah, but most of my gaming is spent out of the house gaming at like 
game stores and going to conventions and things. So I wanted to have something I could do like like we're doing now. Like I can go down to my basement man cave area yeah. and you know work on nights and weekends and stuff mm-hmm. uh, on my own, but not really taking away time from her. Um, so that that's kind of where this is ha- where this is developed. Uh, gives given me a creative outlet, given me a way to interact with the board gaming community. Um, when I'm not, when I don't have time to play board games, but still do something. And it started off, but, you know, me doing, uh, like a three minute segment with Brandon on what did you play this week? Yeah. And yeah. And it's kind of snowballed from there. So. Do you, um, did you get to a point whenever you were doing the content for the board game stuff to think, well, I want to push this kind of further? I mean, you're, you're obviously a part of, um, Punchboard Media. Yeah. But have you ever been to one of these people who say, well, let's actually see if we can really, really push this kind of further and kind of monetize it and nope. become an internet celebrity and, and all nope. that kind of jazz? No. <laughs> no, Eric, and I just talked about that yesterday, uh, the, yesterday when we were recording our show. No. Now, this is just this is just me and friends chatting. Yeah. About about our favorite things. And if it ever became uh, more than that, it would be it would take away from it. I mean, you know, what's funny is um, I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook, uh, and and I've always been one. I've always enjoyed cooking a lot. And when I yeah, was yeah, yeah. searching for a career back way back when, uh, I would I would cook at college. I would cook for people, and people would say, "Gosh, why didn't why didn't you become a chef?" Hmm. And I said, "You know what?" I said, "Then it would become a job." And then I, I might not like it anymore. Yeah. And I said, I'm okay with that being architecture, but I didn't want, I didn't want cooking to become something I didn't like anymore. I've always wanted that to become, you know, I always wanted that to just be something I did for fun and, you know, podcasting and, and social media and all that sort of stuff is the same thing. It's just something I do for fun. (laughs) I don't. I don't really want to do it for anything. Any other reason, just, it's just me hanging out with my friends and a reason to do that. You know, fortunately, my, my day job pays me enough that I don't need to worry about asking for donations and all that stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I think um, when you're going down that line, and we do have uh, on the the other podcast that I do, we have, you know, we've had a couple of people kind of sponsor the the show we've had a mm-hmm. couple of sponsored shows now, and I, you end up I think in the situation doing so much more for them because they're giving you money, and then it's easy to end yeah. in that kind of in that can kind of continual. Do I need to do even more in order? And then, it, but if I was taking this on a professional side of things, and somebody said to me, "Oh, listen, if you can do all this for me, and I'll give you fifty bucks," I'd be like that. Mm-hmm. Get out of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fifty bucks isn't paying for this phone call, kind of. Thing, you know, this, this right. discussion that we're having, kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's kind of difficult. And I get, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. I've always kind of had the viewpoint that um, if I don't enjoy something myself, regardless of, I guess, other dependencies on me, then I would st- I would just stop. I would, you know, I would just yeah. say, if, if I get to the point where I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not, not really enjoying this, I'm not really getting this, I'm quite happy to kind of move away from something, 
you know, and and kind of and kind of set set like that, um, and just like kind of let it cruise, you know. Yeah, and I think that's kind of why the the main "What did you play this week?" show ended. Um, so so Brandon Brandon started that, and eventually I I joined in and and um. It, it it ran for however, however long it did as it was. And then Brandon wanted to get out of it. And I tried to take it over mm-hmm. and it, and it just didn't happen. And, uh, and, and I kind of realized, and so, you know, it wasn't really a passion of mine and it wasn't, it wasn't happening. And I thought, why am I, why am I working so hard to keep this alive? Brandon doesn't want to do it. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to keep this thing alive. And I was just trying to keep it alive rather than, than, it's something I really wanted to, you know what I mean? Um, just because it was there, because it would, it had always been around. It's like, well, things can, can things can just end, right? And and um, Mason had said, kind of in a joking way, he goes, well, you, you and Eric, I really like listening to you and Eric. Why don't you just do something? So yeah. that just spinned off, and that's kept the feed alive. That's kept, you know, keeps pumping something out on the feed periodically, but, um. That that's you know, and that's what it is. It's just me and Eric now is is we record when we feel like it, talking about what we feel like, and the shows come out whenever I get around to editing them and push them out. You know, there's no no there's no schedule. There is no don't expect it to come out on Monday because you know I've heard of shows where that they're like, hey, where's the show? It's it's Monday morning. Where's the yeah, show? And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't want that. I don't want to get emails and texts from people saying, where's the show? You know, it, I, I, I enjoy, I, I love getting feedback because uh-huh. occasionally I get feedback, but I don't want to have that, that expectation because it's, it's just for fun. Have you not thought about doing um, something creative outside the architecture thing? Is, and what I mean by that is actually doing like a, here's an architecture podcast and kind of sharing your wisdom and knowledge that way. But again, would that be... I don't know if I'd enjoy this because I'm spending already kind of my nine to six at the moment already doing architecture stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know I would I'll... say no. Yeah, I'd say that's why. That's why I don't. Because mm. I I want to I want to turn work off, and then come home and do something different. Mm-hmm. 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 Is there other jobs you would have done? I mean, looking back, if you know, and the reason I'm asking Back to the Future was just on the TV and my mind was messed up with because it's like Michael J. Fox talking about going back to 1985 Mm -hmm. and me figuring out I was 11 years old when that came on. And then I'm saying I'm I'm traveling back to 1955 and then going forward and then saying, we're going to the future to 2015. And I'm going, this is just completely all wrong. This isn't working and kind of (laughs) things like that. But would you, do you have kind of, would you have gone a different path? Would you, have considered a kind of a different choice in career for where you get? Or do you feel quite lucky that you kind of went the path that you went, Patrick? No, I'm pretty lucky. I I, I think this is, uh, this is uh, given me a lot of, um, a lot of things. It's given mm-hmm. me, it's given me a pretty great adventure in, in my education, got me a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of success in my job. Um, I've been able to do a lot with that, and um, you know, uh, uh, got given me been able to provide for my family and and um, 
No, I'm good. I think I'm pretty good. So, and, um, and then, and then, and then outside of that, you know, yeah. other, other options, other things to do with my life than just, cause it's not, I don't, I don't, you know, I was just thinking that the other day. I don't, I don't live to work. I, so it's the right word. I, I work to live, right? Yeah. So it's not, it's not the only thing I do. Um, it's, it doesn't define me. It, it did at one time. There, there was a time when that's all I was doing was focused on becoming an architect and, and that's all I did was my job. Uh, I've, I've since, I've since, you know, grown as a person, I want to say, and, and do other things. I think it's easy to get, um, caught up in that. I mean, my, I've got teenage, I've got teenagers in the house and, they're already having kind of like these decisions that they've got to be making at kind of like 13 and 14 years old, which is the, the kind of what what is it you want to do for a career? And I'm yeah. just sitting there going, it took a long time <laughs> for me to kind of <laughs> sort that out in my head. And at the moment, and then the other thing is as well as different opportunities will come up that you'll make you potentially want to change into a completely different direction as things go on. So I kind of think it's kind of really, really strange to kind of, kind of asking these children, you know, how to kind of, how do you go ahead kind of setting their, setting their kind of path? Has, I mean, has getting into the architectural industry, is that, has that changed dramatically since you've been in it? I mean, I'm obviously aware of one thing which seems to burden everybody who goes into a professional training, which is the amount of debt that people end up kind of going into. I mean, has that sure. become is that become something that is just a fact of life and that the people that you have people working for are not only coming with their education, but they're coming to you with like a potentially a huge financial millstone round their neck yeah. as well yeah yeah that's that's there you know and you know also just um times uh the the the, the career path i mean what's the word i'm looking for here just just things have changed over time and things continue to change. You can't blink in, in times change, right? Yeah. So like, you know, I, I started off draft, drafting by hand. I think we started to talk about that. Well, yeah. Everything's on computer nowadays. Everything's on and Revit. We're building three-dimensional models of, of buildings in the computer that, that still create what looks like a, a drawing that mm -hmm. an architect would use. But um, it's completely changed. And that was maybe... 10 years ago that started and 10 years or 20 years before that mm -hmm. we switched over to computer drafting you know so every 10 or 15 years there's a major change in in the technology of how we even do our business and so students come out of college learning or having to learn something new or um uh, some of them don't even know it or, or you know that's a whole new challenge too is it I mean, because of that, is that is the vocational stuff kind of more important then? Is that why people come to you and then it's not a case that, yeah, you've got a piece of paper to say you've kind of graduated in this, but you're not you're not an architect by any way, shape or form. You've still kind of got almost like to do your kind of your your kind of practical draft before you can get yes. kind of your license and stuff. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. 
Do you think the educational establishments kind of backing that up? Are they providing the right support? Are they aware of the changes? Or are they just, you know, are they just dealing with stuff that you're kind of like going, no, this isn't how we do it. I'm having to, it's like somebody's giving you a really badly knitted sweater and you're having to spend the first five minutes kind of unpicking it to begin with before you can get it kind of even starting to look how you want it to look. <laughs> a little bit of that. I think some of it is is uh you know there's a to to get your license you have to go to an accredited school and accredited schools have a checklist of things that you have to get to 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 in your in your uh degree. Mm-hmm. And and they're focused on that checklist, right? They're they're focused on, you know, did he get three classes of structures and five classes of design and yeah. you know whatever and so sometimes those other things those practical classes might slip through the cracks because those are not on the checklist um, of things that you're going to get in that short time you're at school i know it seems like a long time but there's a lot of things that uh um you have to take just to get your your uh, mm-hmm. your license your, your degree to get your license yeah 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 um is there any advice, I mean, you looking back on where you've been from, is it if somebody was like, say, thinking about jumping in to architecture, you know, as well as just go yep. to college, study, is there anything that you kind of would like, you know, if you could grab somebody at 15 and they say, I'm going to be an architect, and you say, okay, this is what you should be doing, you know, on top of what your lecturer is telling you, this is what you should also be doing as well. I, I I still encourage people to get a well-rounded education. Mm-hmm. I I I still look back on my my philosophy class that they made me take in college yeah. and remember things, and 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 glad that I did it. Or I took speech as a an elective, and and then no, I had to take speech, and then I took the next speech class as an elective, what? and then the next one after that, and. You know, that has helped me do what I do now as a podcaster. Yeah. That helps me go to client meetings and interview people and talk to them about my designs to the to the most highest degree. So, you know, things that you didn't that I didn't think had anything to do with drawing on a piece of paper have helped me innumerably um in in my my career. So, you know, when you go to a a college and they're offering other other things for you to explore explore yeah. them uh because they're they're going to help you down the road maybe not immediately but you'd be surprised yeah i think the strangest architectural story i ever heard was a a work colleague of mine years ago his um his girlfriend i think they went on to become his wife she was kind of just one to look out for as far as architects go. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of did a, she did a competition in her class and they took her out to, they took everybody out to like a piece of land and said, go away and design a building. <laughs> and they said, and, and she won. And the reason that she, <laughs> the reason that she won, and it was the weirdest thing ever, was that she wrote a poem based around how the area made her feel and then she used the structure and things about the poem in order to give her a feeling of how the building should kind of look and I'm just like going what? 
kind of thing. <laughs> but she ended up kind of just rather than kind of like she took the kind of the whole artistic kind of look at it and the form and everything like that. And she kind of said, I wanted the building people to look at the building and have those thoughts and feelings kind of straight away. And you know, she's probably they've probably got her doing kind of hospitals and stuff like that now or whatever. But at the time, I was kind of like. I just thought you kind of started drawing straight lines and made sure it didn't fall over. But you know, that's just mm. that's just kind of that's just kind of me. Um, what is it if you could do anything? If you could do any other job at all? If I said, you know, regardless of the amount of training that you need, or regardless of the amount of talent that you need, is there another job that you would be like? If I could just do that, that would be really really cool. Kind of. Oh thing. wow. I have no idea. Um, what's a really cool job? Something to do with like like a space thing. Like a, I don't know if I could be an astronaut or not, but I'm a I'm a spy, I'm a space nerd. Yeah. So like you know like a like a I don't think I could be an astronaut, but maybe working at NASA or something and yeah, working for SpaceX. I don't know. That would be pretty neat. We did that a couple of years ago. We went down to. The Johnson Space Center and Kennedy Space Center, and, and saw all that stuff, and that's just amazing that what they can do. I mean, those guys, boy, they make me feel stupid. Are are rocket scientists? <laughs> exactly. There's not nothing worse than being in an actual room with rocket scientists in order to make yeah. you feel slightly inferior. You know what are you? A room yeah. of rocket scientists? Like, actually, I'm not a master physicist. If you don't mind. All right then. Okay. <laughs> Didn't realize I was calling you stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. I could have been tempted to say I'd like to work on the next, um, the the current series of Picard. Oh my god! When it's yeah. coming out, you know, I don't know if That'd you've been. I don't know if you've how many times you've actually watched the trailer now for that, Patrick. But I haven't. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not big on getting too excited about things. I just want to watch them when they come out. You've not seen the trailer. It's very very good. <laughs> I think I saw the first one. I haven't seen the right the one that just came out. The second one that's kind of um, it kind of drops in a few. Uh, you know, oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Just watch it. You kind of all right. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'm not commanding you. It's just a subtle suggestion. All right. Kind of um, I guess <laughs> as always, looking back on your first thing that you did in terms of architecture, Patrick, would you say you made something awful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it was, but I did a number of awful things, yeah. <laughs> Crimes against kind of foundations and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Walls that deserve to fall and things like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, you know, it, it was funny, you know, in architecture school, that you would you would do designs and you'd pin them up and then they would, the teachers and professors mm-hmm. would come in and they would they would rip you to shreds to, to, to kind of get you to learn how to get a thicker skin oh boy yeah those were, yeah those were some good times <laughs> yeah i mean they do it um i've got a good friend who um is doing art at college and that's what they say they do everybody gets the work put up on the wall and and you get kind of peer critiquing and the yeah. idea isn't to say oh i wish i could draw as well as you can the idea is to say look the lighting oh, yeah. and that's rubbish the structure and this is rubbish you know that's not exactly. 90 degrees exactly you, did you yeah. use a protractor for that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost a 99% negative. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds, it sounds fine. 
Um, so, so one of my when when my professor died, the one I was talking about, when yeah. I went through and found my old stuff. It's in a steamer trunk. Wow! And I pulled out this house that I designed that I was that was so cool, and I showed it to my wife, and she's like, "Where's the linen closet? <laughs> There's no linen closet." And I was like, "It's a house for a man." All, my linens are in a laundry basket in 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 my at the end of my bed. When I was when I met her, I didn't I didn't use linen closets. What what the hell's a linen closet? It's like a, it's a it's a scullery basically. Yeah, but yeah it's a scullery, more, and that's the first thing she pointed out. But there's more as a flaw. <laughs> I think Where am I going to put all the towels? <laughs> How are you going to get a shower in the morning? You just right. she didn't even notice the beautiful design, the way it fit into the mountain and the and the skylights and the glass and the structure. No, she's not pointing out that. There's probably a moral. There's probably a moral of the story to that. To every elegant <laughs> building you design, make sure you've got somebody who's asking you where the linen closet is. You bet. I think that's probably that's probably a way forward in life. That's, I yeah. the only other story. I, I think the only other thing I heard about architecture is when one of the they built one of the new schools and um, they forgot to dis- they forgot to add in the photocopy room, which, as everybody <laughs> knows, is one of the most important kind of rooms in any yes. educational establishment, and they forgot right. to kind of add that in, so they needed to kind of repurpose an entire room that was probably for something kind of less important in order to kind of make it. In order oh, yeah. to kind of make it cool, which is kind of cool. Oh yeah, I just toured a facility, and they they took away the uh, student room and made it the te- the staff break room. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you should do? You should just design another house for your wife and just fill it full of linen closets. <laughs> just make the whole thing representative of one huge, large linen closet. Yeah. That would be that would be absolutely amazing. I'm yeah. sure she would. She, I'm sure she would really, really appreciate that. And there, you would definitely I'll do that for our retirement. Our retirement home. <laughs> you could say, "Well, I was going to buy you. Um, I was going to buy you an eternity ring for a wedding anniversary, but here you go. Yes. <laughs> I've designed you your very own linen closet as well, and I, th- I think that would go down." Um, Probably it like It'd a be very romantic. Fire. It'd be very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd have to design your old your own house that you'd have to move into. Um, yes, by myself afterwards. <laughs> yeah, by yourself. Yeah, linen closet for one. Yes, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh goodness, Patrick and Eric in the morning. How yes. how often if people have listened along? today and they went well the architecture stuff uh, let's interesting, see the, six, but the 16th episode just went out yesterday so we've cool. been doing we've been doing it a little over a year and how do we find it how do we find it where do we need to uh, go to it is to on the it is on the what did you play this week feed so we didn't change the feed right okay um, so if you look for what did you play this week on your favorite what do you say your favorite thing that has podcast in it or <laughs> whatever your, pod, your, your whatever. podcast catcher <laughs> Yeah, your podcast catcher. Uh, or or you go to uh, punchboardmedia.com and all of the all of the shows get, you know, fed onto that. As well as anything that I do. It's like I do a lot of not a lot, but I do some written reviews and blog posts there too. Anything that I do on my own site, I I kinda cross feed over there. So Yeah, and that's um your own site's over the hillier. Yeah. That's com. more personal stuff. Yeah. Um posts about family things and sort of that but if it's 
board game specific, I'll probably do it just on Punchboard Media. Um, Awesome. Awesome. mm -hmm. Um, We will obviously make sure that we put all the links into the show notes. Sure. So that everybody's got notes to show. Um, Thank you very, very much for coming on. It's always Thanks for having in, me. It's always interesting to hear somebody about somebody's kind of creative journey and things like that as well. So I really, I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you want to su- subscribe to the show, you can go. You can find us on the podcast catchers of choice, including Apple Podcasts. Um, you can go directly to our website, which is make something awful.fireside.fm. If you are a creative person of from any background doing anything creative and you want to come on and have a chat like Patrick did then you can email us on make something awful at gmail.com um, don't be shy um, let's have a chat um, I can only thank you very very much for coming on again Patrick I had a, had a blast it was a good fun kind of talking thank to you thank you sir it wasn't awful it was. It wasn't all. And you know, as we always say, remember your uh, your uh, your first podcast might be awful. Your first sushi dish might be awful. Your first attempt at rewiring a plug will be awful. Um, but you can't do these things for the fiftieth time if you don't do them the first time. So get on with it and make it happen. Um, but until the next time, it's a goodbye from Patrick. Say goodbye, Patrick. Goodbye, Patrick. And it's a goodbye from me. Um, And until the next time, goodbye.